You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Hey, One of Us Network listeners, this is Trevor from the Nighthawks podcast, invading your space to ask you to give us a spin if you like movies. And I'm Matt, joining Trevor to ask you to join our cult. May not be a cult. Probably a cult. On the Nighthawks podcast, we cover new movies, old movies, great movies, bad movies, so bad they're good movies. And we cover movies from Norway. One movie from Norway, one time. So far. And it was a really good movie from Norway. It is a good movie from Norway. It's got Stellan Skarsgård. Matt, this is a promo for our podcast, the Nighthawks podcast. Do you want people to listen to the podcast, or do you want them to watch In Order of Disappearance? Wasn't that the point of covering In Order of Disappearance on the podcast to get people to watch it? Fair enough. Watch In Order of Disappearance and then afterwards listen to our Nighthawks podcast episode on it. Or you could listen to an episode on any of the over 120 other movies we've covered. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, and at nighthawkspodcast.com. There are a lot of anthology horror films out there. I mean, like a lot. And I think like a handful of them, maybe not even a handful, like maybe not even five where you can go, yeah, every segment in it was really good. And I'm not even talking about Creep Show. Yes, I said it. They're not all top notch in Creep Show. There are very few exceptions to this rule. I can't even think of one offhand. Maybe Southbound was one of my favorites. I loved Southbound. This new entry in the VHS long running series of horror anthology films is actually written by the guy who made Southbound, <laughs> David Ooh. Bruckner. Uh, he wrote the whole thing, who also did one of my favorite horror films of the year, The Night House, with Rebecca Hall. So I went into this, hey, I know that last VHS movie. Well, I thought it kind of sucked overall. It was like most of them. It's a ups and downs, but it was the worst of them. I was like, you know what? This gives me new hope. He worked on the first VHS film, which was definitely one of the better ones in the series. And this made me a lot more confident. And I'll tell you what, I think this might actually be the best one of the series. It's between this and two with me. But you know what? Every single person i talk to has a different opinion about this film i've heard everything from it's the worst entry in the series to with me it's the best entry to it's about the same with ups and downs and then when you ask them well what were your favorites they always give you a different answer (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what to make of it but i want to see what these guys make of vhs 94 joining me is luane hey how's it going marcos ahoy ahoy and trevor how's it going All right, so like most of these, let's just start off by admitting that the wraparound sucks. Like, is there any film that's an anthology film that the wraparound doesn't suck? (laughs) I'm afraid this is going to be a really boring review for me because this is my review of every VHS movie has been. (laughs) uh, Some of the segments are good, some are better than others, and the wraparound wasn't for me. I thought the movie was over. I had stood up and was like, oh, okay, that's great. And then the wraparound comes in the scene and I was like, oh, I should have just left. The wraparound's called Holy Hell, written and directed by Jennifer 
reader. It's about a SWAT team busting into an area that a cult has occupied that seems to be this endless weird warehouse with lots of like, you know, plastic hanging over doorways and television sets with static or weird images. And the idea is as they're going through there and finding weird shit, people with like their eyes all burnt out, the camera will focus on one of the televisions and you're like, oh, and now here's a segment of the actual movie. And, you know, I mean, once again, whatever. Nobody cares about the wraparounds. But I think this starts off strong with the first segment from a Chloe Okuno storm drain, which has a reporter, Anna Hopkins, as she's reluctantly doing a story about a urban legend rat man that lives in the sewers of this town. She's at first like, I'm not doing that. I'm not getting in that water. I'm not going in that sewer. But quickly, she's kind of the one pushing it, her uh, poor cameraman. And I think that they actually realize rather quickly that this was a terrible idea. I think this one is the one that has one of the most interesting pieces of practical work in the whole thing, because yes, indeed, there is a monster. When you think Ratman, you're not visualizing what this guy, no. visu- what, the, what this lady visualized with what <laughs> Ratman actually no. turns out to be. And I was like, that was fucking a cool monster. Yeah. So there's other ones that have better gore or film better. This is the one that I'd like to see become a whole movie at some point, if I could. Like, the idea of what this was was the most interesting. I agree with 100%. And like a lot of these, there's sort of a cult-like element. They should have just called this segment VHS Cult. Yes. I found this one, at first, a little annoying, but you're supposed to be annoyed by these characters. And then, <laughs> as it starts playing its cards, you go, oh, this is interesting. Oh, this is really interesting. And then ends with the laugh-out-loud funny bit. A lot of people I talked to thought this was their favorite of the whole thing. I don't know about that, but it's definitely fun. It's a classic story. The reporter who is digging too far and sticking her nose where it doesn't belong, you know. As Simon Barrett directed the second one, The Empty Wake. If you know the name, you should. We got to interview him years ago with the site for started. Brian Salisbury and I sat down with him at South by Southwest one year. God, I have no idea what the movie was. He's written so many movies that are great, like You're Next and The Guest, and just recently has started to become a director in his own right. So he directs this one, which follows a woman, Kyle Legend, who is working at a funeral home, and she's been tasked to run a wake all by herself that goes overnight. And literally no one else is in the building and no one is showing up. It's just this like the coffin, like you can't look in the coffin because the shit that went down to this dude, he's fucked up. His face is like gone. It's a really, really stormy night. There's a tornado warning and she's like, I don't think anybody's going to come. But then she starts hearing noises. Freaky stuff starts happening. I don't want to give it away, but this could have been a segment in another zombie well-known franchise. But the way they sort of combine it with a scene from Twister, I was very, yeah, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) I think this one was my favorite. It's a lot of fun. And part of what I have enjoyed about some of the segments that we get out of VHS as a franchise is there are some directors who are really clever about the way they deploy the found footage or the non-objective camera aspect to it. And in this one, Simon Barrett kind of sets himself up for basically a three-camera television series or a three-camera setup for a sitcom or something. (laughs) Although instead of two close-ups and a wide, it's three wides. He makes good use of the multiple cameras here, for sure. He sure does. And and they're placed really well and tells a cohesive story. At no point are you screaming for somebody to put down the camera. Like, it checks all of those boxes in found footage that it's supposed to meet as a bar of success. And I think it did it with aplomb here. And it gets in and gets out relatively quickly, but not so fast as it doesn't know how to build up the suspense just right. Mm-hmm. And then when you actually, you know, when the shit goes down, it delivers. Oh, yeah. This was my least favorite, but... But it, actually, everything that Trevor said kind of makes me want to watch it 
again. It is well shot and it is well paced. Well, the third segment is by one of my favorite directors of recently, <laughs> the Indonesian director, Timo Gianto. Timo! You know, he's known for horror, but he's probably, he may be even better known now for action because he did this film that hit Netflix called The Night Comes For Us. And if you haven't seen this yet, it's like right up there with the Raid movies. It's an incredibly choreographed martial arts, heroic bloodshed, but also just brutally gory action film that is, you just kind of got to see it. So I'm very excited that he was doing this one called The subject it's taking from two things it's taking from a movie called frankenstein's army that almost no one Mm -hmm. saw but you should because it's a really cool little horror movie it is (laughs) and it's taking from first person shooter video games okay i know that (laughs) doesn't necessarily sound like oh i want to see that but you do it's a mad scientist who's been kidnapping people to create human cyborg crossover things they're like abominations they're not cool human (laughs) metal Fusions. They're they're this horrific. This is the under Sid's bed from Toy Story of the <laughs> body models. Yes. They don't just have bolts coming out of their neck. There's more machine disfigurement than you would imagine there being. And I like that a lot of this is from the viewpoint of what the person who is one of his victims is seeing. Mm-hmm. And it's done really, really well. And part of that is that the effects all work. It goes from like, a, oh, God, this is creepy and unsettling to just a straight up gory as fuck, just insane, over the top mutant action film as these things go crazy and just start killing tons and tons. Of people i was like yes please i would like this one extended into a full film i would play the shit out of this thing if it were a game <laughs> especially if i got to be like the creatures sure it'd be cool to be the cops too but being the creatures would definitely be the best part of this the acting was straight out of the video game area 51 like i thought that was the only part that was <laughs> might have been not great but outside of that it was fun to watch it's super over the top i mean yeah. it's grand grignol this one's not meant to be scary it's meant to be fun i'd love to watch this as a vr setup yes yeah that'd <laughs> yes. be amazing Oh my god, someone tell Timo. Finally, we get Ryan Prowse's terror. Uh, Michigan militia, they're out in the cold snow, and we see they're plotting something, some sort of like bomb they want to set up. And, you know, which admittedly in today's world is a scary concept. But these guys are kind of played for the doofusness and their stupidity is immediately very clear. Mm-hmm. They're going for kind of comedy at their expense here, which is fine. Eventually, you find out this. How does this cross over with the supernatural? Well, it turns out that uh, they've got this monster that when it's exposed to sunlight, it blows up like a fucking bomb, like would take out people around it in a big, big way. And they plan on using this supernatural creature to uh, plan an attack on a federal building. And as you can imagine, it doesn't exactly go to plan. (laughs) (laughs) I ended up liking this one. Mm -hmm. But that first couple of minutes where we're establishing these characters, and basically it is the worst of the local news comments section come to life. Yeah. Yes. And that was hard to stomach because that's what I do for a living is manage a local news comment section. When they were setting these guys up and kind of giving them their creed and showing you exactly what kind of people they were, that was hard for me to stomach. But once I saw where they were going and, oh, no, we are doing something clever with this, I was fully on board and... 
it really ended up enjoying where it went. It did start really slow for me too because the protagonist was Montana Militia, but once it gets going, the monster is amazing in this one. It does look great for the little bit that you see it through night vision goggles. If I had a problem with this, it was just that the moment they reveal what the creature is, you're like, okay, I know exactly where this is going. And <laughs> that's exactly where it's going. I mean, at that point, it's just waiting for it to play out. And at least it's kind of funny while they're doing it, because like I said, these guys are a bunch of morons, and they're just kind of like playing up their stupidity for laughs. But I didn't feel like they really knew exactly how to end it. It's more enjoyable than it's not. I'm not going to lie. It's always nice to see a bunch of bigoted assholes get destroyed. But <laughs> like, it is kind of rough to begin with because I'm like, oh, God, this looks awful because these guys. And then you realize, oh, no, no, this is a satire of these idiots. And I get to see them destroyed. Okay, now I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> always worth the price of admission. There should be more of that, you know, on the news. <laughs> Anyway, let's go to final thoughts. Marco, why don't you get us started? I didn't know what I signed up for. I didn't know this was an anthology. So uh, for the first couple of bits, I was like, wait, where am I? Wait. And once I figured it out, because it's not hard to figure it out, I enjoyed myself a lot. This is a great movie. Great way to start the Halloween season for what it is. And if it's the best, then I guess I don't need to watch the other ones. But I would give it four out of five exploding rabbits. Luane? Yeah, I mean, it's an anthology film. You're going to say, as Trevor has said, the same thing you're going to say about most of them. There's some good stuff, there's some stuff that's eh, in the wraparound, nah, not great. Four out of five staticky TVs. And Trevor... So the one thing I do have to complain about this is that all of the press I was exposed to going into this has described this as a reboot or a relaunch of uh, VHS. There is nothing present in the text of the film to indicate that this is in any way either related or not related to the others. They're fairly standalone movies as they come. I think that's probably just a marketing technique because the response to VHS viral was not great. But ultimately, this is fine. It was a fun horror anthology. I enjoy horror anthologies. It's not as good as Southbound or Trick or Treat, but it's also not bad either. Like, I had a good time watching this. The version I watched was a uh, critic screener without the credits on it. Looking forward to that, and I, it's something I am going to watch again. So I think at the end of the day, I'm going to give this 7.5 out of 10 gas money kids. I'm bringing him back from VHS viral. <laughs> he will have his day. <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of anthology films I outright would recommend to people who are maybe more casual horror tourists. They're like, oh, nothing's going to bother me, but I don't watch a lot of horror, that type. Because, I, you know, obviously I wouldn't recommend almost any horror anthology except maybe trick or treat to your casual, casual horror in person. It's like, ew, I get grossed out easily. But <laughs> this is pretty good. Uh, you know, this is one of the better ones. I would go, yeah, yeah, you should absolutely check this out. I mean, if I was going to pick two of the VHSs, it would be this one first and then two second i think this is my favorite one of the series it's been a while since i saw the others to be fair but yeah there's a lot of fun to be had in this one i definitely think this one is more tongue-in-cheek than certainly more so than viral was it kind of reminds me overall with its attitude the way that great segment from the first one was which i'm blanking on the name of it now but where all the guys get invited to a haunted house party and then they accidentally go to an actual haunted house and they're all like oh cool <laughs> look at that shit it's that all has that sort of like tongue-in-cheek into it. I, I thought that was great. I like this a lot. I'm going to give it eight out of 10 massive cyborg arm power up ups just laying around. I love that though. Cause it was like, that was just like, okay, this is a video game. <laughs> they set that up so well though. It was like Chekovian's robot gun arm. Yeah. <laughs> they connected like Legos. 